0: sure so um, we had a women's conference this weekend just in case you don't know what's going on and um i would just like to even thank um the ladies um from this church from this place my home here for attending the ones who came you know there's nothing like going to an event and your family's there you know what i'm saying You know, it's just like, wow. And in no condemnation to those of you who couldn't make it. I mean, I I understand. But I'm just totally just thank you. I really appreciate the women here who support us. I totally, I'm really thankful for the pastor that's here. who allowed me to take over his church and his office for a weekend. And boy, did we. um, We trashed his office, yeah. And then I'd like to thank my husband. (laughs) Okay, who's a pastor? Okay. Um, just because, like, I worked all week last week, and he stayed home with the kids. He was the same at home dad, and so he got all the kids the classes I needed to go to and fed them <laughs> wonderfully, wonderfully. Took care of my horses, my ex-stud, the one that is no longer on the throne, the ex-stud. Um And did all the duties that normally that I do, just so I could be free to to serve and we could do this. So thank you, darling. And of course, all of the prayer ministers, prayer ministers, stand up, please. These ladies put in so much time you know, for the, for this event, this through prayer, through serving, through supporting through ministry. And, um, we had ministry happening all the time in this room and, um, and just to be honest, after the first night, I was I was really nervous. And so I had my eyes closed, which Candy says, don't close your eyes, open your eyes. But I was scared to so have my eyes closed. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't think anyone wants ministry tonight. I'm just going to close my eyes. I don't think anybody wants it, you know. And then um, Candy's like, Lisa, I need to go up front because there's no more uh, prayer ministers open. I'm like. Wow. And just the, the ladies just flooded, you know, this whole area. So we had prayer ministers all in the church just praying and crying and, and weeping and laughing and just with these ladies. And ladies got set free. There was some crazy, crazy stuff happening um, in the lives. And these aren't just ladies. These are ladies who are like leaders in their churches that were coming in. Ladies who have been pastor's wives, ladies who have been pastors, um, ladies who are PKs, preacher kids, um, ladies who have grown up in ministry their whole life. I mean, these are like hardcore, you know, you think women of God, women of faith, and, and um, and you know, sometimes they put those people on a pedestal, which is not good. And so, and the Lord just totally clean hearts and just lives and set people free. Um, I just can't tell you I'm so thankful for the, the m- music team that was up here Caleb and Taylor Mariah and Kalen and I'm just telling you that I mean that's some serious warfare that went into that worship serious you know there's a huge thing and so um, it was it was just great so just uh, I'm just going to kind of highlight a few things that that we talked about nothing huge Okay, I'm looking at the time. Are we good, Pastor? Okay, thank you. Um, Just making sure um, some of the things. uh, First of all, uh, a man went out into a field and found a treasure. When he found it, he hid it. And he went and he spent all the money he had and he bought the field or the treasure. This weekend you were that treasure. If you were here in the church, you are that treasure. And that's what we're learning, is a treasure that you are to God. And usually when we see ourselves, we see ourselves as a bunch of dirt. We see the rocks, we see the places that aren't fun, the places that are dirty, the places that, you know, aren't great looking. But to understand that, God sees past the dirt to the treasure. And not only that, is that's how he wants us to see each other. He wants to see the treasure in each one of us, in each one of you. So when I look at someone and I'm meeting them, I mean, it's easy to see what's the faults in people, isn't it? It's easy to go up and say, oh, I sense and discern all kinds of bad things on you, you know. Instead of saying, you know, okay, I see the treasure in there. And that is what the Holy Spirit wants us to look at people. That's how he wants us to look at us. Because we are not going to see it in other people if we don't see it in us. You know. We really picked apart John 3.16. I'm not going to pick it all apart today. Maybe another time when the wonderful pastor of this church wants to give me the microphone again. But we really went apart for God so loved the world. And what that actually looked like and the condition the world was in before he even loved us. Even what the world, you know, says about love. We even looked at, um, let me get you back. And how he, how he loved us, you know, what condition we we're in and how he loved us before even the foundations of the world. As He was forming us in the womb, how He was forming us with love, and um, I'm just going to highlight a couple points that that so you understand. And this isn't just for the what happened with the women's the conference. I want you men to take this personally, because if no one told you, your guys are going to be the bride of Christ too. You might be a manly bride, but you're still part of the bride. Okay, you're not going to dress up in foo-foo and sing, let it go. I get that. (laughs) I don't want you to. Does that make you feel better? (laughs) We really need men. But you're part of the bride of Christ. And you guys, men, are also treasures. And we want to see you as those treasures as well. Because that's how God sees you. So this is for you as well. So he knew us before, when he formed us in the room, he knew us before the foundations in the world, he knew you while you were yet sinners, he died for you, so it wasn't because you had your life all wonderful and perfect, and you said, now I can go to Jesus, that's just not how it works, you can't, you can't do it, you come as you are, you come, looking like a pile of dirt, and he and then he sees a treasure in you, Amen? So in the natural, and I'm going to go here, okay, so just love me, okay, just want to make sure. I'm not going to go too deep because, okay, all right. In the natural, um, life is conceived in intimacy, okay? Just kind of go there with me just for a second, okay? Like um, it was God's design, an intimate act to create life. Boy, it's so quiet in here, I don't need to like spell it out. Do I like, do you understand how life's conceived? Okay. Oh, thank you. The single lady gets it. I'm sure the rest of you have it too. Thank you very much. Yeah. Maybe you need to sing, let it go a little bit more. Or maybe do you want to build a snowman? That might be better. God's design was was for you to be conceived out of love that was god's design out of love life comes out of an intimate act and again okay just close your eyes if you need to close your eyes for a second close your eyes okay it's okay and again life comes forth from an intimate place okay Lisa. okay so you're like oh lisa please yes think i mean you all know where babies come from Okay, thank you. Boy, It's just way too quiet. It's okay that this is church because this is what God ordained. Like he created us and him is his image, you know? And so I'm not like being, this is something like my 10 and my 8-year-old know, although they do this, but that's okay. All right, so it's out of that intimate place. So you come forth from an intimate place in God's heart. It was our Father's design for you to come forth that way. You were created out of love. You were created to be loved. God was not bored one day and got his Play-Doh out and started forming things and was like, Oh, I think I'm going to make a Michelle. Oh, that looks like a Michelle. I'm going to make candy. Here's what candy. He wasn't bored one day. He had an intentional purpose for you to come into being. Even if you're a product of rape. Or maybe you were an accident, like wasn't supposed to happen. Maybe your mother needed a welfare, more money for that welfare check and you were created out of that. It doesn't matter how your parents did it. He caused you to come into being and to become and be love. You were an act of love from the Heavenly Father. Can we get that? No matter what happened, no matter what the past, no matter what our natural uh, birthing place was, you were on purpose. You were for love. So. God, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And, you know, God gave an intimate part of himself. That he gave his only sons. The next phrase there, right? He gave an intimate part of himself, his heart. Okay, how many of you have children? How many of you have someone that's a part of your heart, like you're really connected with, if you don't have children? Okay, that's healthy. Okay, that's a good thing. How, do, how many of you know, like when the enemy attacks us, when things happen and things happen to these children or those people, it, att- it attacks our heart. It's like... The enemy knows right to where to go, doesn't he? You know, through your husband, through your kids, through family members. Like, if he's going to reach out and go, grr, it's going to be an attack of the heart. The father gave his heart to be crucified. Like, he gave a part of his heart. I'm gonna read a story. Usually I had Rosemary read it, but I'm gonna go ahead and just read it real quick. Once upon a time there was a king, a good king, who loved so deeply that often he was misunderstood. He had a bride, but she did not know how to get close to him. She knew her unworthiness was great, and that she had committed many offences against him. She tried to please him, but kept kept failing. You see, he was perfect and there was no flaw in him. He so deeply loved her but could not permit her to come close except on certain times, certain days. The king's son saw this and was greatly troubled in his whole being. So the son set out to reconcile them together. The only way for this to happen was for the son to die and lay down his life so that he could be reconciled to her king. The king traded his son's life for his bride, even though the bride had flaws and was rebellious. The son was perfect. He did nothing wrong, but he traded his life for the bride's. So you see, the son was killed and he died a brutal death, but it doesn't end there. He defeated death and he rose up from the grave. He brought full restoration to the bride and he was giving a higher name. He became the king of kings. Then it is finished. The work was complete. The father gave his heart. He gave it all. His love is so great for you that he held nothing back. Nothing. That was passion. Not holding anything back. He put everything into it. Heart, mind, body, soul, everything into it. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what Jesus did for me. You guys here today? How many are here? Like, in, in here. Like, raise your hand. Okay, if you're here. Okay, good. That was you. He gave it for you. Okay, he didn't say, bubble gum, bubble gum, in a dish. He said, no, I'm not playing games. It's for you. I gave it all for you. It's you. The next part is so for whoever believes in him. For God so loved the world. He gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, that believes means an active belief, not a mental agreement. You know, like if I said, the grocery store is going to be closed down for a month. Okay, starting tomorrow. All right. Where would everybody be tonight? I would be standing in the line probably at Walmart or someplace, you know, like I don't have everything if we knew that if we believe that it's not just a mental agreement. Belief is where our faith is. I will put into action my belief system. Like what you live out every day is actually what you believe. You can't separate that from coming to church. You know that like. You're at church. I love you, Jesus. You're at home. Oh, you dumb idiot. I can't believe you. Rotten husband, kid, father, mother. Okay. What you live at home is what you actually believe. It's not how you act at church. The mind is an interesting thing. (laughs) It's where our belief system starts. It's what we think. Or how we think that determines what we say. It's how we act. It's how we react. So when I was praying about this conference that we just had, I was um, asking the Lord what direction to go, what theme to have, how to do this. And it was really interesting. He gave me some interesting thoughts. First of all, how many of you know that Walt the old Walt Disney, original Walt, Walt Disney was a Christian? One person. Woohoo! Go. I know you more know that I'm just I'm harassing you. I harass people. I'm sorry because I love you, okay? Thank you. I thought that my mouth was going to like my tongue was going to fall out. Okay. Um, so um I was re- started reading uh, some of the old Walt Disney, like, fairy tale love story books. And, um, you know, like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. And I don't know. There's another one. I can't remember them all. Anyway, it's just a few of them. And the Lord told me to pay attention to the similarities in these books. Pay close attention. And so I saw a princess taken away from her royalty home. And a father who wanted her back, an evil stepmother or someone who's pretending to be her mother, a wicked lady, and the prince that would save her. Pretty much the common theme. And, of course, there's always, you know, that that bad person, wicked lady. So when I was reading these, what I I saw was I saw our heavenly father. I saw you. I saw me in the church. And I saw Jesus. And that story was written way before way before Walt's time, wasn't it? Yes, it was, Lisa. Yes, I'm glad you agree. Thank you. But the evil stepmothers confused me. <laughs> I'm like, the evil stepmother? What? Okay, that's the same. And you told me to pay attention to these things. What does that mean? Like, that's kind of confusing. Like, women aren't evil. I know that. <laughs> I know we can be mean, but we're just not evil. So what is the evil stepmother? And, and then what, during one of the prayer things, times we had, the Holy Spirit told me the part of our mind that correctly nourishes, nourishes our thoughts has been taking hostage and the wicked stepmother has taken over. It's your mind. Nobody is more against you than you. Did you know that? Yeah. It's what we listen to. It's what we watch. It's the words that you allow to come into your mind. And those things become more real than the cross. Like Michelle was saying, the wicked stepmother, you know, standing up front and say, I don't look as pretty and wonderful as somebody else might look. That's the wicked stepmother. How about I can never be good enough to be where she is. That's the wicked stepmother. How about I can never get things right. Wicked stepmother. Any negative thought that comes up against the truth is the wicked stepmother. boy, it's quiet in here. Woo! (laughs) I used to have fear of things happening with my family, and I know I've shared this in here before, but just for people who have never heard or haven't been here, I'll share a bit. I used to have a bad fear in my, my mind that would come out, and we would go places, and we'd travel, and we'd be in the vehicle for long car rides and, And, uh, it kinda, it looked something like this. We'd be driving, my husband would be driving, and I'd be resting, and I'd think, okay, what if we got in a bad car accident right now? And everybody died, and my children died, and my husband died, or what if my husband just died, and then I had all these children, and that would be so horrible? Like, what would I do? Would I just wake up in the hospital and go, how did I get here? Honey, your your family's dead. You know, or and I would play these movies in my mind. And then I would start crying. Like I'd literally, like, go, I don't know what I do. You know, and I'd start crying. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I know I'm not the only person who that's happened to. If we could just be real real. (laughs) <laughs> and then i know you have different might not be like that but there's different thoughts that you entertain that should not you you should not be entertaining in first corinthians ten five, it says we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion race against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to obey christ So when I started having those thoughts, the Holy Spirit was like, you're speaking lies. You're believing lies. Like that didn't even happen. What are you freaking out about, lady? You know, paraphrasing. And so what I'd have to do is, it also says in the world that whatever is, I'm trying to find it because I wrote it down. Really, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think on these things so literally when my mind would start going what is that bad's going to happen i would have to say no i'm going to think about something good that's happening right now i'm going to be thinking about truth and how my i'm going to my children are going to be raised i'm going to see how my husband is going to be a, such a godly man and I'm going to do everything powerful to make him successful. How can I serve and and doing things? But anything, I would switch my thinking and I would just switch it off and I'd even say no. i just take that thought captive in Jesus' name and the more thoughts I would capture, the better it was because that means that was that much more. I didn't let it influence me. Instead of going, oh, I'm so bad. I had another bad thought. Bad, Lisa. Bad, Lisa. Oh, I'm so horrible. It's like, oh, no, no, true thoughts in there anything that is not true is ungodly and it needs to be taken captive so whoever believes in him let's do that let's believe in him rather than the evil stepmother The next part, it says, shall not perish. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Um, I grew up, I mean, I learned that verse as a child. Most children learn that verse. and And my idea of shall not perish is kind of like, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. When I perish, I'm going to be in a better place. I'm going to live forever. It was kind of like my idea of like, it means to perish, you know, like romantic, oh, I'm gone. You know, I perished, it's perished, you know, but I looked that word perish up in the Bible in the Greek, and I don't speak Greek, so I'm not going to pretend to say it. So you can do that. Okay. And so I looked to see what it actually meant. And this is going to blow you away. It actually means shall not perish. It means to destroy. It means to render useless. It means to kill. It means to put to death. So let's think of it in these ways. When you believe in him, you will no longer be a vessel of destruction. You will no longer be rendered useless. You will no longer be be a, a product of death. Can you understand? You're not going to be rendered useless. Like that one rocked me. Like no more useless. The when we believe in him, the more we believe in him. And our beliefs line up with the truth. The word of God. And we see the cross. We will not be rendered useless is exciting. That is so exciting. Your destructive thoughts will stop. Your destructive words will stop. You will be fruitful. You will be useful. Relationships around you will not be destroyed and you will be a fountain of life. You will bring life into relationships instead of destruction. People will be attracted to you and not going, oh great, here comes that lady again. Because you'll be a vessel of life. But what has to be in control? The evil stepmother. The more we believe in him. like what he says is more important than what I believe. That's how we need to start acting. The more freedom we have. The more trust we're going to have. The more love. The more victory. That we're going to have. That's just exciting right there. So, for God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life? Means there's no beginning and there's no end. Like when we come to him and we put our faith in him, we accept embrace the cross, we clean out the wicked stepmother, we understand that we are useful and we're full of life. There is no more past. He doesn't see our past anymore. Like this is the beginning point right here. There's no more past. And Luke. Do you still have that verse, Avery? Luke the fourteen. That a, a plower went. The about the plower. Do you have that? I lost good. Thank you. One minute. Okay. What does it say, Michelle? I lost my last page of my notes. Nine is that nine nine six? Okay, it should be Luke nine six. Just give me a second here. <clears throat> Is it coming? All right. Do, 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 do,
1: do. I'm
0: so thankful I can stand here and not be embarrassed because... Everybody loves me. Thank you. You like my shirt? Yeah. All right. It's time to awaken love. It was Luke about the plower who went in the field, the kingdom of God is, or something like the power, the plower went to the field. So none of you can ever and be embarrassed saying, I don't have the whole Bible memorized. See, I don't either. Okay. Do you have it? Pastor Hubby? It's 14.6. Thank you. My pastor? Awesome. I love being married to the pastor. Okay. Five. Where in the world is six? It's not 14.6, and they could make no reply to this. Thank you. Okay. I don't. How in the world do you do your phone, young man? You have a different app than I do. You all love me, don't you? Is, okay. Nine, six. Departing, they began going through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing. Well, that's a good scripture. It's just not the one I was looking for. He, I love you as the kingdom of God is like. What's the first part? Okay, a man who went to plow his field and never looked back. That's the gist of it. But it says, he who puts his hand to the plow, got it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He who puts his hand at the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. That's what it says. That was important. So can you imagine? I know I grew up on a farm. I never plowed because I wasn't. Huh. Oops. Sorry. Okay. Can you imagine? Like uh, I grew up on a farm and we had fields. And when you plow a field, you look at a point in front of you. Okay. And you go. So you go straight. You make straight rows. Okay. Got that. Turn around, there's another point. Okay, if you're plowing and you go back, keep looking back, you're, you're not gonna make a straight row, okay? I'm just saying, you're gonna go all over that field and that crop's not gonna look very pretty and it's not gonna be productive. I used to have a, ch- a child, <laughs> I had four teenagers in the process of driving. I promise I would not mention who it was. But when they would drive, it was kind of like, oh, mom, look at this field over here. I'm like, no, let's not look at that field over there. Let's go here. Oh, what's that road? No, oh, let's not go down that road. Let's go over here. Like, look straight. Look straight. Don't look around. We're in this vehicle. You're going to keep going straight. And the problem is, it's putting our past behind you, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's the real kicker right there. And believing in Him is putting that old past behind us. Cause Jesus, it's not like He got amnesia and He's like, what past? I mean, he had, I, you know He knows it. But He chooses not to remember anymore and He goes on. So much, brothers and sisters, we get stuck on something that happened in the past and we don't need to how to get up off or behind, dust off and continue plowing. We get stuck. And we can't look. We're not going to be fruitful if we don't look straight ahead and keep plowing. Amen? Amen? We keep looking forward. We keep looking forward to the prize. We keep pressing on. We keep going. And we can do it because of the cross. We, our eyes are fixated on the cross. On Jesus For God so loved the world. He gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him will not perish. But have eternal life. And be fruitful. And multiply. And have life. And death no longer controls your relationships. And your brain no longer controls your destiny. And your past doesn't even make you identify as who you are in God. Your past control you the love of God the love of God brothers and sisters it's the love of God that Jesus gave it all he gave it all for you and will you give it all for him that's a question because sometimes we just give it on Sunday morning can we just be honest sometimes we think as long as I get my behind to church I'm giving it all We give it. We give our mind. We give our relationships. As CJ was saying earlier, we get rid of the sin. We say, we turn away from that and say, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go a different direction. And although in creation is an expression of love, I want to submit to you, the cross is an expression of forgiveness. And you can't have one without the other. They're inseparable. But you don't know what I've gone through. You're too young to know. You've had a great life. No, I have a great Jesus is who I have. I have a great Jesus. That's who I have. That's who you can have. But if you choose... If you choose to believe and put your whole trust in Him, will you do that? Will you say you're going to give it all? No matter, and that doesn't mean like you make a mistake and you're like, see, I'm just bad. Because after the work of the cross, it is finished. Like He died only once. He didn't have to come back 20 years later and do another again and another 100 years and do it again and go, but you don't understand. Hitler's out there. Jesus, we need you to do it again. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He did it once. But we choose to remember what we've done. And we choose to remember what someone else has done. We're the ones who are choosing that. And then we want to put this punishment on ourselves. You know, I had a I had a flat tire today. It must have meant I didn't pray long enough. What? Like I don't even find that in my bible. Like where did that come from? You know why I'm sick? Because I didn't make it to Jesus. I didn't tie this month. Oh, I was supposed to come to this ladies conference and now something bad's going to happen to me. No! The punishment, he took the full punishment on the cross. The full punishment. So we don't have to punish ourselves and we don't have to punish each other, but we can walk in love because he showed us how. By giving it all, by laying it all down. You know, it's interesting because people come up, you know, in the worship part. And I love this, you know, we're dancing and stuff like that. And I know it's uncomfortable and no, not everyone's called to the front. I get that. So just don't, don't put words into my mouth that I'm not saying, but just understand my heart. Okay. Okay. But like when you say, you know, Lord, I might be uncomfortable doing this and I don't even like know a beat, but I'm going to just be foolish in front of you and I'm going to give you my all. That is more precious than the person who is up here who can keep a beat. And look pretty. You know. When we're like, I'm not going to shout because that's an emotion. You know, I just want to tell you that when we release our voices to our Heavenly Father, that means something. It's like it's putting that action into the belief and saying, Jesus, whatever. I I don't care if I'm the only person up here. I'm coming up here for you. I don't care if I'm the only person in my chair and I am just praising my guts out because you, he he did his guts out, didn't he? He died his guts out for you. And we give it all to him in worship, in that sweet communion that we get to have with him. Will you choose him, brothers and sisters? Will you choose to believe all that he has for you and the truth and not in some evil step step, um, woman that's in your mind? And, man, you could have it too, just to let you know. Just because it's a woman doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like metaphor type of thing, you know. So I want you to stand. Huh? Am I taking a test? We can. But I just want to give just an opportunity for people to make a decision because this is so important. That people make the decision. Some of you people are here today. And you've really never made that whole life decision. It's just like a Sunday morning. Like I'm going to come to church and have my quiet time. You know. I want to invite you to an intimate relationship with the Father. For you came from an intimate place. And you were created out of intimacy. And you came from an intimate place. And that was in the Father's heart. And some of you here really need to make that commitment. Really need to make that commitment. And I would like the ministry team to come up. Yeah, I was going to do all the ladies, but if some guys come up, I would like some guys to minister to them too. So I would like ministry team women to come up you know who you are just come up and i just want to open this up and it's not about being embarrassed like oh are you serious i've got to go well jesus went for you actually he didn't even have a choice did he they drug him up to where he was crucified in front of everybody and he didn't have a choice i guess he chose he chose that he chose that. And so what I'm asking is for you to come. That doesn't mean you're bad. Maybe you just need prayer. Maybe you're like, I need more control over the wicked stepmother in my mind. Maybe that's it. Maybe you just need a little bit of something in that area. Maybe you're like, man, I feel so dry. I just, I just need to understand that I come from an intimate place. I just don't, I don't not. I don't know that intimacy. And I want to invite you to come to come for up for prayer come get prayer come get healing i'm asking you to come jesus came he came for you would you come just start coming
1: father we just thank you so much for your truth we thank you so much for you for what you're doing in our lives in our midst how you are transforming us and making us more into your image, more like Jesus. So we can fully walk in all that you've made available for us to walk in. So that your kingdom would be established, so that Jesus would be lifted up and men would be drawn to him. Thank you for setting us free, Father. So we can walk in that freedom. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus' name. As I dismiss, I just want to encourage and just remind you just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit today. If He gives you anything to pray, or I believe that service tonight is at 7 o'clock. So if He gives you, He prompts you to pray... Just begin to pray against and pray for however he leads you, okay? Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. But greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So we don't need to be afraid. And my sister shared a verse, reminded me of that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So no matter how big the enemy tries to come in, the Lord's standard is bigger. Amen? And that standard lives inside of you. His name is Holy Spirit. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. You're welcome to stay and just stay in the presence of the Lord and and just enjoy Him. Um, Other than that, those of you who are dismissed and, and free to go. And God bless you and have a great week.